Hugh's head pounded like someone had taken an iron hammer and bludgeoned him to with an inch of his life. But God's bones, after enduring one year and seven months in the bowels of hell, this woman's voice soothed him as if she spoke with the sweet tenor of an angel. No red-blooded Scotsman could allow such temptation to pass without a mere glimpse, even if he was close to death. He willed his eyes to open. At first the fair-haired beauty posed a blur to him. With all the concentration his fevered head could muster, he forced himself into focus. His heart actually fluttered. Oh, Lord, in heaven, such a gift he'd been given in these final moments of life. Her wide-eyed gaze expressed her surprise, almost as if she'd feared he'd do something ungentlemanly. Never in his life would Hugh act out against a woman, especially one with bonny wisteria blue eyes. He guessed with such an expressive countenance she'd never be able to keep a secret, not with blues the size of silver coins. If only he could enjoy such a morsel for himself. If only he could ask her to lie in his arms and sucker him until he drew his last breath. Damn the unrelenting hammering against his skull. He smirked at the irony. Hugh may not trick death, but bloody Colonel Hill wouldn't have the satisfaction of putting a noose around his neck. Hugh hadn't heard much, the physician had said, but the drivel about the false king not caring about a few miserable souls rotting in Fort William's pit rang true. Christ, he'd known he was doomed all along. Through his hazy vision, Hugh watched the bonny lass. Wasn't a man entitled to a last request? How long had it been since he'd held a woman in his arms? At two and thirty, he should be married with sons and daughters at his feet. But war had a way of stalling a man's plans for his life. What is your name? She asked, with a gentle coo that sent a shiver along his fevered skin. Hugh MacLeod, he replied with the same answer he'd given everyone else since his internment into Fort William's hell. If anyone discovered he was the heir to the lands of Glencoe, the bastard dragoons wouldn't wait to hang him. He'd lost count of all the sordid ways they could ensure he died within these walls. His entire body convulsed. Death be damned. He must fight to survive, not for himself, but for his clan. Clenching his fists at his sides, he stilled his chattering teeth. And you? Miss Hill? She whispered as if ashamed. Hugh's eyes flew open. Hill? Blast his rotten, miserable, bloody luck. The colonel's daughter? He croaked, hanging on to a shred of hope that she was of no relation to the sadistic governor of this ill-fated prison. Yes. She turned away and doused her cloth in the bowl. A lump took up residence in his throat. Earlier, Hugh had been remotely aware of her gentle ministrations, her lithe fingers upon his chest. He'd come to consciousness enough to consider asking her not to stop, to keep kneading her magical fingers all the way down to. Bores, bollocks! Now he knew her father was Colonel Hill, he would immediately cease his errant thoughts. Absolutely nothing positive could come from befriending this lass. He gasped when she placed the cold cloth on his forehead. She was the bloody daughter of Seaton incarnate. Why the hell was she in the surgery? Had the devil put her there to tempt him in his last hours? Damn. 
He would be far better off if he had no luck at all. Do you think you can take another sip of claret? She asked. Dr. Monroe gives it to all the soldiers. Says it will help them regain their strength. Jesus Christ, did she have to sound so bloody bonny? With a voice like that, he'd offer to gulp down a draught of nightshade. His mouth dry, Hugh only managed to nod. But this time he watched her while she held his head and offered the cup. The fruity wine slid over his tongue, down his gullet, and instantly swam in his head as if he'd guzzled a healthy tot of whiskey. Holy Mary! It had to be the most flavourful ambrosia he'd tasted since his capture at the Battle of Dunkeld. Why? He eyed her well-tailored gown, cinched tightly the waist. Though petite, she was full-bosomed, yet wore a lace modesty panel to prevent him from stealing a glimpse of the velvety white flesh swelling above her bodice, 